We are T-minus two weeks until the trade deadline. So we're going to hit a little bit of some trade deadline talk. The latest rumors on Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, plus the massive trade exception the Magic have. How they might use it, how they could use it, players they could target, and why it probably won't get used at all. Let's get to it. It's a Friday edition, a late Friday edition of Locked On Magic. Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 28th, 2022. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline, the latest rumors involving Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, what that means for the market, some potential deals that are out there, the construct of what a deal is going to look like for each of those players and a whole lot more. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. I know it's coming out a little bit later this week, so we want to thank you for up de- listening to us right when we upload, whether you're listening to us at lunch, on your on your breaks at work, on your way home from work, on your way to tonight's Magic game. We'll talk about the Magic Pistons game tonight, I swear. Um, no matter when you listen to us, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, the Lockdown Podcast Network has great podcasts covering every team in pretty much every sport, or at least all the major sports um, here in the U.S. Um, you can download them wherever you download podcasts, as well as stream many of them on YouTube. This podcast is going to have a little bit of an evergreen flavor, at least for the next two weeks. Um, we're obviously getting closer and closer to the NBA trade deadline. If you missed our episode last week, we had last Friday, so just go, go into our archives, Last Friday, we spoke with Keith Smith of Spotrack uh, on what the Magic are going to be trying to do with the trade deadline and what they're uh, hoping to accomplish and, and what kind of deals they might be able to get done. Um, it was a great conversation. Definitely go back into our archives and, and give that a listen. It's it's a, I believe if you go to our YouTube page, the Locked On Magic YouTube page, it is uh, now like the trailer. Uh, it's right at the top of the page. So you can go listen to that uh, with a ton of ease. There's a lot of great information there. This week, we started to get a little bit more concrete rumors. Um, and so I, I, I'll take this time before we dive into what was said um, and, and what it means for the Magic and, and, and what sort of the, the thinking is going to be or what the potential deals are going to be. Um, I, I want to give my edicts about the trade deadline. here. We're, we're two weeks away from the trade deadline now, so things are going to start getting very, very serious. The first thing I always say is uh, when a rumor that, that rumors that are printed and reported are usually trailing where the actual action is. Um, if you listen to, to former front office people, they'll say it's about this time that you know you're done sort of listening to new offers or listening to these sort of entries. Um, now you start digging in seriously on, on the deals that are going to get done. Um, so we are we're you know like if this is a chess game, we're like in the middle game right now. You know, we're coming coming to the end of the middle game. Um, and we're going to be in the end game here pretty, pretty soon. Um, of course, that, that end game is usually like 36 hours because, because you know, these, these are human beings. They love to procrastinate. Um, so, you know, so again, when you hear a rumor, I'm going to analyze specific rumors and, and show you what 
you know, might be popping out of them because because they're rumors. They exist for a reason. I, I, I trust reporters. I don't think reporters are ever trying to deceive us. Um, they're reporting what their sources tell them. Now, the Magic don't tell anyone anything. We've asked, you know, they're trying to figure out when Markel Fultz is coming back. No answer whatsoever. So um, the Magic, I would, I would venture to guess that most of what you're hearing out there um, is not coming from the Magic. Um, that's just not how they operate. That's not the way that they do things. Um, so uh, with that being said, when a rumor pops up, I, I ask myself uh, first, why is this being leaked? Who benefits from this? Um, and and what does it say? It, 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 it's I don't like reporting rumors as facts because they're not facts, they're rumors, but they're echoes of facts. They're they're telling us something. And so that's the, that's the analysis that I'm trying going to try and bring here is to tell you, okay, what is the something that these rumors are telling us that, that these things are telling us? Um, we've had a few, um, a few things that the magic have said, or a few instances here, uh, where the magic have been involved in LinkedIn rumors. Um, there's report that the magic were looking for a first round pick for Terrence Ross or Gary Harris. It's very early in the trade trade de- the deadline process and trade deadline discussions. Um, and so it, it was easily dismissed or sort of seen as like, okay, the magic are asking for the world. It's, it's, it's still early, whatever. Um, this week, though, we got uh, a little bit more concrete, not not anything crazy. Um, Mark Stein uh, on his Substack reported that the Magic are still looking for that first-round pick for Terrence Ross or Gary Harris, um, but you know it's widely believed around the league that the Magic are going to trade one, if not both, of those players. Again, not super surprising. Gary Harris is on an expiring contract, doesn't really fit the team's timeline. Probably not. The team is probably not in a position to give out a, a four-year deal to a veteran player like that and tie up their cap room. Um, and so, you know, again, a two-year deal, maybe uh, a one-year deal, certainly, but uh, Gary Harris is clearly looking for a better situation, a place where he could win a little bit. Um, it's That's not going to be in Orlando anytime soon, at least not with the roster as it currently is. There's there's obviously still a lot of moving to go on the roster. So not everything, everything and every player is up in the air until the Magic get their guy, get the star that, that, that they're seeking. Um, Gary Harris, all right, so... Gary, that's Gary Harris. Terrence Ross has one additional year left on his contract. This is the peak of his value. Um, Terrence Ross will never be worth more than what he is now. Um, You can trade Terrence Ross, and the team that gets him is going to have an extra year. So you're going to get a lot more for Terrence Ross than you will for Gary Harris. And that's that's really, really important. Um, So it makes sense for the Magic to shop these guys around. Um, And there should be playoff teams lining up for both of them. They would both help a playoff team. And, you know, the Magic... From everything I've heard, our team that tries to help guys out. Um, when guys are going out the door, they they try to help them, especially if they've especially if they've been good good to the Magic, which both Gary Harris and Terrence Ross have. Um, and so I do think that the Magic are going to do their best to make these deals. Now I don't think they're going to do anything that won't help them. They're obviously not going to not going to just do something to do something. But that's where this that's where this is going. Now let's get into the nitty gritty, though. Let's get into the nitty gritty of okay. We know that the Magic are looking to trade these guys. What does a deal look like? Um, and that part's a little trickier. So we know the Magic are a rebuilding team. We know that they're probably looking for some long-term assets, probably looking for some draft capital. They're looking to kind of build up their coffers. They're not looking to take on some high-priced salary guy or or someone on a really bad contract. I'll talk a little bit more about these uh, in, in, our, in our next segment. Um, but... Mark Stein specifically mentioned that the Utah Jazz and Los Angeles Lakers are among the teams 
hunting for these guys. Okay, that's a start. We can start beginning to construct the frameworks of deals. Uh, and that's where things get really tricky. Gary Harris is making $20 million a year. It's hard for contending teams to make that kind of money, to put that kind of money together and not gut their rosters a little bit. It's really hard. Um, so yes, you know, there, there's a world where Gary Harris trades and it pro- gets traded and it's probably a lot more complicated. It might be a three-team deal to get salaries to match and, and all that stuff and get the magic what they want. But looking at the Lakers and the Jazz, they do not have the players that the Magic would want to take on, to, to, to move off Gary Harris or, or, or to make it work under their cap sheets. The Lakers are dealing with a very, very tight cap. Um, they don't have a lot of big salaries they can move. Um, obviously, there's rumors about them trying to move Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, the, the big salary that they're trying to move is Kendrick Dunn's $5 million contract just to get a little bit further under the tax. Um, you know, yes, they could trade Russell Westbrook to the Magic and the Magic, uh, they don't have the cap room to absorb him, but Gary Harris and Mo Bamba would be, I think, I think enough to get that done. Um, I'm just I'm shooting off the top of my head. But why would the Magic want to do that? Um, so yeah, the Magic could be a dumping ground in a three-team deal. You know, there's there's a bunch of things they can do, but Gary Harris is going to actually be really difficult to trade. Terrence Ross, on the other hand, will not. Terrence Ross makes roughly twelve and a half million dollars this year. He's due eleven and a half million next year. That twelve and a half million dollars is like the sweet spot to get a deal done. With the Lakers, they're trying to move Kendrick Nunn. They, they, they want office two-year, $5 million contract. The Magic needs shooting. Yes, Kendrick Nunn's dealing with some injuries. Um, but, you know, for a Magic team that's, you know, got cap room to spend next summer in a summer that doesn't have a lot of great free agents, um, they can afford to take on a, a guy with an extra year of salary and, and just start trying to, as Keith Smith said last, last week, to start trying to align their contracts to all expire at the same time so that when they're ready, they can make that big splash in free agency. We're not ready to make a splash in free agency. There's no free agents to spend money on anyway. Um, you know, get you know, DeAndre Aiden, DeAndre Aiden, Miles Bridge is probably two big free agents. They're both restricted, so they're they're probably not going anywhere anyway. Um, it's it, it definitely feels like the magic could be in a position to like, okay, give we'll take that extra year on, just just give us something good in return. Kendrick Dunn, obviously, but alone is not enough for Terrence Ross. He's a, the salaries don't match. The only salary the Lakers have that match is Taylor Horton Tucker. And so if the Lakers are truly interested in Terrence Ross, if the Lakers are truly going after Terrence Ross, it almost certainly will cost them Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, essentially, what every rumor that I've seen involving the Lakers has, um, the bit the best package that they can put together it's Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn. Now, Taylor Horton Tucker is not a perfect player by any means. He's a young player. The Magic actually drafted him and traded him to the Lakers for nothing, which was a mistake at the time. Still a mistake. He's a good. He's a good defender. He's an improving three point shooter. Um, you know, he's a guy that that I think, given an opportunity, given a bigger opportunity, bigger role, can thrive a little bit. But I think he's also in a really good role and a really good situation with the Lakers as well. But this is essentially the core. Uh, you know. As far as dream scenarios, if the Magic aren't going to get a draft pick, and maybe they'd ask for a second-round pick, too, to take none, but a Ross for Horton Tucker swap um, is about as good of a long-term piece that the Magic could do. Now, I don't think the Lakers would do this. I think that that's asking a little bit too much. I think they'll want something a little bit more substantial, or they'll want to get a whole lot more desperate. So I, I keep an eye on that package um, of Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Dunn. I think that that is something that I, I think – you know, just looking at, you know, what the Lakers need, um, you know, certainly Terrence Ross would help them a ton. But 
looking at what the Lakers need, um, I, I think they should be more hesitant to give up some of their young players. And and Horton Tucker is really their only young player on the roster. Uh, but at the same time, that's what they can offer. They don't have anything else. Um, literally, they do not have anything else. So um, that's that's a package that I would keep an eye on. Um, you know, I, I, just around the league, it feels like Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn is the, is what the Lakers are shopping around to try and improve their roster if they're unable to or unwilling to trade Russell Westbrook. So let's go to the Utah Jazz, and I think this is going to be a more traditional way that uh, a tradition, more traditional package that the Magic are trying to get. Um, I think they're trying to get, you know, sort of what they got for Aaron Gordon, um, a, a veteran and a young player. You know, again, that's Taylor Horton Tucker's a young player. Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn's a veteran to make salaries match. Or a veteran that they may buy out, they may keep, who knows. A veteran and a draft pick. Pre- 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 preferably a first-round draft pick. And really, it, it could be in the draft of their choice. It doesn't have to be this year's draft. I don't think this year's draft is particularly good um, outside of the top group. Um, but you know, it's a draft. There's, there's good players coming in all the time. The best offer I could come up with from the Utah jazz, um, you know, again, they could do is, is to make salaries match Joe Ingles and, and a pick of some sort for Terrence Ross. Um, the jazz do not have the money to go after Gary Harris. Uh, but Joe Ingles to me, He's had a he's had a rough season. This has not been his best season. It feels like he's kind of on his last legs a little bit. Uh, but the guy's a great shooter. He's a great teammate. He'd be a great veteran in this locker room. Um, if the Magic are planning to trade both Harris and Ross, they need veterans, and they need veterans who are bought into what they're doing. And I don't know if Ingles would be bought into what they're doing. I don't even know if the Magic would retain Ingles. He's set to become a free agent next summer. Uh, and that's why I'm a little bit more hesitant to do the deal unless the Jazz throw in it could be a lottery protected first. The Jazz are going to be picking in the low 20s. So some type of first round pick from the Jazz, I think they'd feel pretty comfortable that that pick uh, would be pretty late. Uh, but again, Utah probably shouldn't be wasting draft picks, draft picks but you, you, although they, they need to go all in and try and win a championship this year. Ross would help that team. He'd fit in real well as a shooter on that team. Um, you know, again, I think I think he'd be, uh, Terrence Ross could fit every, anywhere, but it, you, you kind of see what those frameworks are and, and how those deals are, are built up. Um, again, it's there are going to be questions, and 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 I think the real question around the league is not necessarily can you put together a package to go get a guy like Terrence Ross. I think every playoff team can put together a realistic package for Terrence Ross, and it's really just the Magic picking what they want. And I think that's the mystery around the league. What do the Magic want? Are the Magic looking to take on some long terms? Are the Magic willing to take on some long term salary to get a first round pick or, or figure out that the protections are on a first round pick? Um, are the Magic looking for immediate compensation? Are they looking for players who can help them pretty quickly? Um, are they looking for veterans and good presences in the locker room? Are they trying to like scratch out um, another young asset the way that they got RJ Hampton from the Denver Nuggets? Um, you know, could they, you know, maybe deal with Boston and say, Hey, you know, we'll take on, you know, it will trade you Terrence Ross and Mo Bamba for Al Horford's big contract uh, and, and give us Aaron Neesmith. Again, you, you could be looking at things like that. Again, I don't know if that works. I don't know if the salaries work. I know Horford's contract's kind of weird too. Um, but there are all these different little things the Magic can do uh, and the Magic can be creative. But it, it, at this point, it's really about what the Magic want. Um, for me, I, I, I if you're going to trade away these veterans, um, I want to make sure that there's a plan to bring in invested veterans 
moving forward. Um, and guys that are going to be part of the, not necessarily part of this core, but be invested and, and be and be and help these guys build good habits and stay focused on the right things. I think Terrence Ross and Gary Harris have both done really good jobs at that um, this year. But uh, that's my preference. I don't know what Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are looking for, and I think that's the ultimate mystery. We'll dive into a little bit more of some of these issues coming up as we talk about the Magic's massive trade exception coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from scores, totals, playoff performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started. And it's not just football, guys. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports, write down your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All this trade deadline talk has me really excited for what we have planned for you coming up in the next few weeks. Of course, we here on Locked on Magic, your first listen of the day, are going to be covering the trade deadline as things happen, breaking down some trade scenarios just like we did in that last segment. This will not be the last time we do that. But Thursday, February 10th, trade deadline day, 3 p.m. Eastern time is the deadline. The Locked on NBA podcast will be covering the trade deadline live from 2 to 4 p.m. So join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA YouTube channel and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. That's NBA Trade Deadline Day, Thursday, February 10th, from 2 to 4 p.m., the trade deadline, of course, at 3 p.m. So I want to make sure that we we get this in um, and and talk a little bit about this. The Magic do have one other tool at their disposal at this trade deadline. It's one that's only available at this trade deadline. If they do not use it by the trade deadline, it's gone. Um, And so it is worth discussing and thinking about how the Magic are going to use it or approach it. As part of the Evan Fournier trade last year, um, the Magic essentially traded Evan Fournier into the Boston Celtics trade exception. Um, the Celtics had a massive trade exception. Everyone thought they were going to use it to bring in a star. Some great work uh, by Danny Ainge to kind of build this huge trade exception and create this little bubble. Um, and ultimately, they were only able to use it for a half a season of Evan Fournier, um, which disappointed some Celtics fans, but that's kind of how trade exceptions go, as it's, 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 uh, I'll, I'll explain here in a minute. Um, but what that did was the, Magic, the Celtics didn't trade a trade exception to Orlando. Because Orlando received nothing in return for Evan Fournier besides a second-round pick, which doesn't have cap value, it created a bubble of their own. It created a trade exception for at four days salary of $17.2 million, 17, it was $17 million. So the magic had been sitting on this asset. They've been sitting on this, this thing that they can use to absorb contracts without sending anything out. So essentially the magic can say, okay, 
Team X, you're trying to get under the luxury tax. You need to shed some salary. Give us this guy. Pay us a second round pick for our, for, for our trouble for having to pay this guy, and we'll take him. That's how this is used. The Magic can't combine this with other players. They can't combine. They, it ha- like trade exceptions only work in non-simultaneous trades. It's it's collective bargaining agreement TDM. That essentially every trade is actually a one-on-one trade of some some respect. And that's how trade. That's how there's all these like small minor trade exceptions that get created. Um, but when you actually use a trade exception, it can only be used on one transaction, on one player. It can't be combined with other players. It can't be any of that. So it's a very, very specific tool. I went through yesterday to try and find players that fit into that trade exception that teams would be willing to give up in this scenario where they're not getting anything in return. Um, And there are not a lot of options. I want to just put that out there very, very clearly. I thought there'd be more. There are not a lot of options. The best option I found was Serge Ibaka from the LA Clippers. The LA Clippers are a 500 team right now. Um, they're Kawhi Leonard, Paul George are not likely to come back this season. They're, they might make the play in tournament. They might make the playoffs, but they have every impetus right now to try and lower their tax bill. They're non-repeaters right now. It, it'll be tough to get all the way under the tax, the luxury tax line. But by trading Serge Ibaka's $9 million contract, the way the tax math works, they could save somewhere near $40 million in actual payroll. Because um, again, they have to pay the luxury tax if they if they keep them and they'd still be in the luxury tax, but that that bill would go down by forty million dollars. Again, that doesn't feel insignificant. I think that the Clippers are going to be actively looking to shop Serge Ibaka and actively looking for trade exceptions like the one the Magic have to absorb him. So what the Magic will probably do is like say, okay, we'll take Serge Ibaka, but you got to give us a second round pick or you got to give us a lottery protected first. You know, or, or whatever protection in, in twenty in whatever draft we choose, it, it, uh, it doesn't matter. Honestly, I, I'm not super sold on doing it in this year's draft. Magic are young enough. Give me a 2024 first, a 2024 lottery protected or tw- top 20 protected first that becomes lottery protected in 25. Get creative with that. Um, now, obviously, Magic fans have some PTSD when it comes to Serge Ibaka. In all likelihood, the Magic would just buy out Serge Ibaka. I, I, I don't think he'd finish the year. I, I think he'd be an okay veteran to keep around, but um, but I'm also the optimist in the room. Um, and so I, I think that I, I, I think that that's kind of what you're going to see is, is, is a guy that gets brought in to get bought out. Um, every other player that I found on my list, you know, Tristan Thompson was one. This, the Kings are essentially looking for second-round picks for him. I don't think they're interested – in taking on a trade exception, although that could help them if they're scheming to rebuild quickly. Um, you know, I, you know, you got Tristan Thompson, you know, I, 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 I floated the, I, I was floating around the idea of going with Adario Saric, but you know, how many, how many magic fans want to go through another guy that's recovering from a torn ACL? I think Saric would help, but you know, again, it's, it's, it's dealing with an injury, you know. I, I don't think the Suns have that much impetus to move. It help them get under the luxury tax, I think, or, or get or get further under the luxury tax and, and lower their payroll for next season when they have to sign DeAndre Ayton to a big contract. Um, but again, I don't know how interested they are in that. Obviously, Sarge is injured, probably out for the entire season since he tore his ACL uh, in the NBA Finals. So I don't know how much that helps the Magic, especially with the Suns, you know draft pick not being super valuable. That, that would have to be a first. You'd have to pay me a first to take Dario Sarge. But you can kind of see how this acts. Um, 
you take a player who's clearly flawed. Um, you know, another player I poached, put out there is Davis Bertans. Um, he's got, I think, three years left on his deal. He's getting paid a boatload of money. Um, that's a scary prospect because his shooting has completely disappeared. And I don't think the Magic are interested in taking on long-term money, but the Wizards certainly would like to get off his contract. And again, getting it off, getting off it for free, pick, picking up a trade exception that they can use to try and help Bradley Beal out a little bit. That might be enticing to them. You know, are the Magic willing to do that? Are the Magic willing to take on that salary and that long-term salary, especially especially for a player who's had injury issues and is struggling to shoot right now? Probably not. But again, that's that's kind of what we're looking at is you're taking on a flawed player, player that you're likely trying to buy out um, if they if they only have one year left on their deal, and you're trying to extract whatever draft compensation you have. So, you know, the only player that I saw that that the only player that I found that I thought was interesting, but I think he might have more value than this, um, than a trade exception, um, was Larry Nance Jr. Um, you know, he's had a solid, you know, not spectacular career as a backup big um, for the Lakers, Cavs, and, and, and now struggling with injuries for the Blazers. Um, but again, you're, you're scraping kind of the bottom of the barrel. Um, I, I think the, uh, a scenario like the Serge Ibaka one is the most likely. Um, there are not a lot of tax teams right now, but... The Clippers desperately need to get under the tax. And I think the goal for the Clippers at this trade deadline is to trade Serge Ibaka and, and preferably trade him into a trade exception or trade him uh, for as a little incoming salary as they can. Um, so, you know, again, you have to get the magic to, you have to compensate the magic with a draft pick for their trouble for taking him on and probably have to agree to buy him out or have some agreement to, to buy him out beforehand. Um, since I don't think Ibaka wants to come back to Orlando, I don't think Orlando wants to see Ibaka back and necessarily playing um, and, and all that. Um, the trade exception is a really, really tricky thing. Um, and so, yes, it is this massive tool. Yes, it is this really interesting thing the Magic can use. Um, but in all likelihood, it is something that they're going to allow to lapse. Um, I, I, I was not impressed. You know, I thought I, I went into this project yesterday. I wrote this article for Orlando Magic Daily. I spent all day writing it just trying to research guys that, that the magic might chase, um, you know, you know, trying to say, okay, let's be aggressive. Let's, let's, let's say we're the magic. We are hunting players to use this thing. We are trying to use this thing. And there just aren't that many players. Like half the names I put on my list. I'm not excited about to be perfectly honest. Um, Tristan Thompson was not an idea I was excited about. Um, the Serge Bach idea. I, I kind of like it, but I, I think it's the most likely thing. Not super thrilled with it. Davis Bertans, the contract's just too long. I, I don't think the manager should be committing to long-term salary, especially with players who are as questionable as Bertans is at this point. Um, again, but then again, maybe Bertans is a great is a great shooter. Maybe Magic are, are maybe the Magic gets some intel that, and are confident they can bring him back. Uh, and maybe that's not, that's the way that they use this, this trade exception. They, they 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 you know push in a little bit or they uh, make that investment, take that risk. Um, it's a little too risky for my taste at this juncture, at this point of the Magic's rebuild. But hey. Who am I to say? But do I know? Um, it's there's a lot, there's a lot still to to to, to go through and still a lot still to, to to sort out and a lot still to consider when it comes to uh when it comes to this trade exception. But don't get so excited. I'm um, again like what I'm looking the deals that I'm kind of looking at with this thing are trade dumps and first round picks. And and that's that's the truth. We'll talk a little bit about tonight's game against the Detroit Pistons. I know I'm running a little bit long. It's trade deadline talk for you. We'll get into the, the game tonight against the Pistons coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our pals at Built Bar. It's the new year. 
And so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. And unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill, this one actually tastes good and tastes exactly like what it says on the packaging. That You won't believe how hard that is. You want to eat healthy, but just get so boring. And by week three, you're like, this is not good. I want the chocolate. Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so you get that chocolate taste, that chocolate fix that you need. No more candy bars, just Built Bars. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So these are healthy for you, giving you the protein that you need, not killing your calorie count, and giving you the chocolate fix. What more could you ask for? If you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least have something that tastes good and is good for you and gives you positive energy throughout the course of your day. And there are so many flavors to choose from, from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The Magic's five-game homestand comes to a close this weekend. They get the Detroit Pistons tonight at the Amway Center, and then Luka Doncic and the Red Hot Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. Hopes of a winning road trip have gone to the, maybe gone to the wayside a little bit um, with the loss on Wednesday to the LA Clippers. A disappointing loss. Um, and really, this this game tonight against the Pistons is about the Magic kind of seeing how they respond. Um, we've seen them respond from difficult losses pretty well. Um, I guess after the loss to the Celtics, they played a really good game in Chicago. The next night, ran out of gas at the end of the fourth quarter. They've really focused in after after bad losses. And you know, I mentioned this on Twitter. I was on the Zoom call. I haven't been on every Zoom call this year. I've watched them all. Um, but I would say Wednesday's game was the most disappointed and frustrated that I've seen from this team. Um, they know they let they let that one slip away. They know they let that one go, and it was all them. It was. You know, the Clippers took advantage of their mistakes. Um, and, and I would say this, I do think there's a ton of ownership in that locker room. There, there is work being done. There is There are guys trying to step up and trying to change things and trying to get this team to focus in and, and improve. Um, they know what's coming in baby steps, but I do think there's a ton of ownership in this locker room. And again, I, I'm an optimist. I tend to be an optimist with this team. I know it can annoy some people sometimes, but um, when I look at that, when I see that, that tells me that um, that tells me that those guys are invested in what this team is doing. They are invested in the process. They're invested in making this better. So, um, I, I, I people ask me all the time, like, why you know, Magic's record's so bad. Something's got to change. And I'm just like, you know, the record isn't important yet. Um, I would say this: it, it this doesn't. If there are fans that are fearing the shock Vaughn days. This doesn't feel like the Jacques Vaughn days. Um, it really doesn't. I, I feel like this team does have direction. They have a purpose to their play. They have a purpose of what they're trying to accomplish. And everyone is really bought in. By this time in the Jacques Vaughn's first season, everyone had checked out. Um, even young players. Uh, besides Tobias Harris when he arrived. But 
everyone was kind of at was kind of done. Um, I don't sense that, but I agree with this with this statement too. The Magic need wins. They need to see their work create results because this is ultimately about winning. You want guys who want to win. You want guys who don't accept losing. You want guys to have the hunger to win. And so that is a big thing that I think we need to see over the next, you know, over the rest of the season, over the next twenty games or so. Um, is the team striving to win, and, and they need to win more? That's exactly what the Detroit Pistons are doing. Um, the Detroit Pistons have, have, I wouldn't say they've turned a corner, but they are playing significantly better now. They're six and nine in their last fifteen games. They have a minus nine net rating. That's still the second worst in the league. The Magic are twenty seventh in the league in net rating at minus six point nine, but they're two and thirteen. That tells you how weird these games can be. The Pistons, uh, over the last 15 games, have a 105.3 offensive rating, slightly better than the Magic, and a 114.3 defensive rating. So I don't think the stats are showing just how good the Pistons have played, how much better the Pistons have played. The record certainly shows it. Cade Cunningham has been fantastic. He is staking his claim to the Rookie of the Year award. I know some Magic fans are upset by that statement because Franz Wagner has been so good throughout the course of the season. Cade's the number one pick. He's going to get some runway. He is playing really, really well. And a big part of what the Magic have to do tonight is stop Cade Cunningham. Just try to slow him down. Expect Gary Harris to have the call or Jalen Suggs to have the call on Gary Harris. It's going to be a fun battle between the mat, between the two rookies. Um, but overall, this is a game the Magic should feel like they can win. They lost two heartbreakers against the Detroit Pistons uh, in Detroit. They owe them one. They owe them two at their building in the Amway Center. Uh, and this is a game the Magic should feel like they can win. For me, it's less about the Pistons. Pistons are playing better. They're they're a potent. They can be a potent offense. Their defense will give up points. Obviously, the Magic and Pistons played a strange defensive battle a few weeks ago. Um, but if the, if the Magic want to cement some stuff, if the Magic want to cement some skills that they've been building, some things that they've been doing well, this is the game to do it. It's not a must-win game. There are no must-win games when you're 9-40. and 40, But you want to see this team progress. You want to see this team grow. You want to see this team learn. And that only happens on the court. That only happens if you show it on the court. You can't keep making the same mistakes and you got to pick up wins somewhere. And that's what I think tonight's game is really about, picking up a win uh, and showing that Wednesday was a fluke. Wednesday was a lesson. Now we've learned it. Now we can move forward. Tip-off is tonight at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. I'll be there. You can follow me at Daily uh, as well as on my on my social accounts um, to get a flavor of the game. We'll recap it a little bit coming up in, to, in Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. But... That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. All the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily for live updates throughout the game. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked on Bets podcast to get you ready for the betting weekend. It's NFL Championship Week, as well as plenty of NBA action, too. Your boys, your boys Lee, Stor- Lee Sterling and your boy Q taking care of you on the Locked On Bets podcast. Download wherever you download podcasts today. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all again Monday for another episode of Locked On Magic.